How's it going, everybody? So, this is called More Arcane Talk. So, um, if you haven't seen Arcane on Netflix, then um, you might want to come back later. Unless you don't mind certain aspects of the show being spoiled. So, that is your warning. Um, I just wanted to make a quick... It's like 5 o'clock in the morning and I haven't been to bed yet. I've been up cleaning and doing different things. And uh, I gotta go to sleep for a few hours before I wake up and continue cleaning and doing different things around the house. So, but... As I was cleaning, I had different reactions to the Arcane finale playing on YouTube. Just because I am in a very similar place with Arcane as a fan and from an emotional standpoint as I am with Game of Thrones. And when I was first getting into Game of Thrones, I was so fascinated by the morale of the show you know, like, you know, I've talked about this before and and different episodes of the podcast, but it's like, you know, the things that really pull me to, I mean, yes, I love, I love action, you know, I, I mean, I love stuff like John Wick and the Boondock Saints and, you know, things like that. But what really pulls me into a story is when you're dealing with ideals and, and good versus evil and what makes people tick and, you know, like... Not to sound cliche, but like, you know, the important things of life. Like what makes what makes a good person good and what makes a bad person bad and 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 the gray of that and the idea of perspective and how one little piece of information can completely change your thoughts on, on, on a person, you know, and, and all those kinds of things and and you know, I mean, we're supposedly talking about arcane here, but you know, but to talk about Game of Thrones, that was one of the things I absolutely loved about Game of Thrones as, as a show. And and sure, as far as execution-wise, I mean, we can argue and debate on the last couple seasons on how well they finished out everything. But I will still stand up. Well, I mean, I will stand up for the entire show of Game of Thrones. But specifically, though, I will. I have no problem arguing until I'm blue in the face that the first five seasons of Game of Thrones and I would put the sixth one in there too but but specifically the first five seasons of Game of Thrones is some of the best storytelling on television that we have ever had because we have these broken real characters that we're dealing with and likewise that's what I love about Arcane is from the first moments what what I love you know Here's the thing that Arcane did so well, just in episode one. And I was really thinking about this uh, last night because I, or well, yeah, technically, we'll say last night. It was technically this morning, but, but I was watching the Real Rejects reaction to all of, you know, all of Arcane as well, because I had to just, when I finished it, I had to... I had to see what other people's reaction was, you know? It was one of those things where it's like, I needed to know that I wasn't the only one experiencing what I was experiencing emotionally, because I sort of felt crazy for 
feeling the way that I felt because I was so, I mean, it's weird to say, but I was, I felt so emotionally vulnerable that I needed validation. 100%, I needed validation. Like, tell me I'm not the only person that felt this with this. And, you know, watching the first reaction with the real rejects and, 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 and their response to the show, what I really loved and I didn't realize obviously I didn't realize it because how could I until I finished the show but what they did so beautifully just with episode one of Arcane is they have this quick dark serious moment that they open the show with you know where we see Vander beating somebody up there's rubble you can tell that that war has broken out and, you know, and then at one point, you know, the smoke clears away and we see Vi, it may be Powder too, but Vi sees their mother dead on the ground. And then that's when Vander looks back and sees them and then picks them up and walks away. And it's this dark, from its first moments, it's this dark, harrowing scene that completely tells you exactly the kind of show that this is it would have been so easy for them to leave that scene completely out start with the intro you know we get the imagine dragon song and then start it with the next scene where we see them on the rooftops about to go you know do the mission that they're on and stuff you know it would have been so easy to just start there and honestly starting there wouldn't necessarily have been a bad decision but what's so great, and you can tell that the, that the people involved in the show know precisely what kind of show they're making, is to really feel the depths of the hurt and the pain that Vi and Jinx really are dealing with. And not, you know, not just one of them, but both of them in their own unique ways. You need that opening scene where you see them at their most vulnerable, I think. You know, where their parents are are dead and Vander takes them up, you know, and, and, and raises them. And I just, I don't know, like, to me, that is such a master class decision to make when you're telling this kind of story. Um, but all that to say, you know, when you get to the final episode and you have that moment where Jinx, you know... Um, I don't remember the name of the channel, but I highly recommend for any of you that are, are fans of Arcane to go on YouTube and type in Therapist Arcane. There is a therapist on YouTube that has a series that where she talks about different aspects of Arcane, but one aspect in particular she focuses on the relationship between Violet or Vi and, and Powder slash Jinx, and it's really fascinating the things that she talks about. Um, but the ending is such a such a powerful such a powerful moment and I don't know after seeing a bunch of different people's reactions to the finale I don't know that a lot of people really get it you know and it's like look I get it you know entertainment is entertainment it's subjective but you know we're not talking about whether or not somebody you know to me, I feel like there are two different conversations, you know. 
I mean, one, the, the, the intro, I guess you could say, or, or the first conversation to have is whether the person liked what they watched or took part of or not, right? That's, that's the first gate, right? Um, you know, um, but then once you get through that gate and that, you know, the person was like, oh yeah, I did, you know, I did enjoy this thing. Then it gets more and more interesting seeing different people's reactions to things because when Jinx shoots the weapon at the end of the show that ultimately like we see hit the tower that the council is in I saw several reactions from people that saw it as this hoorah kind of moment you know like yeah you know let's let's get it guys but it's like how do you how do you feel that way you know how do you feel that way like because here's the thing and you can say this with almost any story with harry potter with lord of the rings with game of thrones lots of stories the and the, the more in depth and the better the the storyteller is at at relaying the story this will be more clear more clear depending on how well the story is being told but there is always undertones in stories always you know sometimes it's there just by coincidence and it's like a shadow it's like your shadow you know it's like when you go out you know like you cast a shadow you know like if there's light in the room you cast a shadow just by proxy you know that's just a phenomena that happens right and so likewise with stories there are undertones and most of the time it's just it is what it is and it's natural it's just a byproduct of storytelling you have undertones that happens but then other times when you get a really good storyteller it's almost as if they know exactly what's happening and there are certain undertones that are weaved into the story and it's absolute brilliance when you see the undertones to different stories play out and i feel like with arcane one of the things that i saw many people completely miss the mark on is like look do i understand the concept of you know for those of us that have watched arcane do you understand the feeling and the notion of the undercity has been treated awful by the by the upper city and 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 you know like it do you is there this sense of gratification or revenge when jinx shoots that gun 100% you know i'm not arguing that i don't understand that or someone is crazy for that but but as much as you have that feeling of oh hey they're about to get their comeuppance i feel like most of us that have watched this show the vast majority of us we understand the implications of what just happened not just on a 
greater scale, but also I think on a personal level, which I think is in a lot of ways is far more important than the greater story being told, you know, like if you really like, if you are really invested in Jinx as a person, if you are really invested in Vi as a person and you really want them as sisters to be able to come together again this moment at the end of Arcane completely shatters that. It is is completely in direct violation of that. This moment should not have happened. This is not a good thing for Jinx. You know? And it's fascinating to me to see different people's reaction. You know? You know? Um... I can't remember whether I talked about it in the review or I did do a podcast where I talked about Arcane, but it was having a hard time rendering an anchor, so I haven't posted it yet. But it might have been in there where I talk about this, but but excuse me if I talked about this in the review, but you know, one of the things that I love about this show as well is when Silco is saying what he's saying to her at the end in his dying moments I believe him there is no part of me that thinks he's being manipulative or anything like that you know I think he truly means it when he tells her you're perfect I would have never given you up to them you know And, you know, and and what I love is that even though he knows that he is dying and she just killed him, one of the first things she says to him is, it's okay, you know? Um, And I think he might have even said, don't be sorry, too, you know? I think that's what he says. It's like, it's okay, don't be sorry. You're perfect. I would have never given you up to them. I think that's... that. I might be paraphrasing a little bit, but I think that's almost exactly what he says to her. And I believe every word that he says, When you know, the way he's animated, the way that he looks at her and she's looking at him. And you have to imagine that, you know, he's he took over raising her from being a little girl. And, and here's the beautiful thing about great storytelling and great character work is Silco is a great character where... In a lot of lesser stories, a character like this would be purely just villain. But what's great about Arcane is that all of these characters are gray. All of these characters are gray. You know, maybe minus a few, but the vast majority of the characters that we get a lot of time with, Silco, Vi, Jinx, Mel, Jace, Victor, you know... Uh, Hyperdinger, Echo, all of these characters are gray. None of them are black and none of them are white. Echo, stop. Gosh, so annoying. Dang freaking Alexa. Guess when I'm talking about Arcane, I should unplug it because when I have to say "Mm mm-hmm, it's going to think I'm saying "Mm mm-hmm. When I'm not, I'm saying E-K-K-O, not E-C-H-O. Anyways, that's kind of funny. Broke my thought a little bit. But, you know, the beautiful thing is that we're talking about 
all of these gray characters. And, and I've really gotten to this place in my life personally where as much as I love Lord of the Rings and as much as I love Harry Potter, I'm finding myself in this place where I love stories about characters that are gray more than characters that necessarily have to deal with good and evil and there's a clear hero and a clear villain, you know? Because I just find that opens up so much for storytelling. Because the truth is, all of us in life and in real life, we're all gray. I'm not purely a good person and nobody else is either. You know, we're all gray. None of us are black and none of us are white, you know? We all have skeletons in our closets. We all have mistakes that we've made. And I love seeing that reflected in shows. And I think Arcane is the first show in a long time, since Game of Thrones, I feel like, to really do that. Another show, it's not directly the same thing. It's not directly the same thing, okay? But it's, I would say it's sort of in the Venn diagram of this vein of storytelling is I think also from this year it might have been last year but I'm pretty sure it was this year but Mare of Easttown Mare of Easttown on HBO that that is another vestige of the kind of storytelling that I am really fascinated by you know and um yeah I just but just but but going back to to bring it back to center because you know me, got a ADHD. My brain goes all over the place. Got to bring myself back. Uh, but getting back to talking about the final episode and people's reactions, I just don't understand how you could take the feeling of "Ooh, yay! I'm glad this is happening," because. If you understand all the implications of the story that leads up to this moment, you know, um, but also to bring in what I was talking about the therapist, because I don't think I finished that thought. She, she has an episode where she talks about Vi and Jinx's relationship, but I don't want to give a, I really want everyone to go watch her video. I don't want to spoil it too much. But one of the things that I will say, and I didn't even think about this until she said it, but because in that moment where Jinx pulls out the gun and she's about to kill Caitlyn and Silco is talking at her and then Vi is talking at her too. Vi is trying to get her to snap out of it. And the way she does is she starts to try to bring up positive things that were positive things for her like Vander and their friends and all of these different things they think about all of these people but the thing that Vi doesn't realize are all of these things are traumatic things for Jinx because Jinx still feels all of this guilt and all of these negative emotions and these connotations to these people and what ends up happening basically is that Every time Vi is mentioning one of these things, it is pushing Jinx farther down the road away from Vi, not closer. And so what ends up happening is eventually she just explodes. She is so overwhelmed by emotion and feeling and thoughts that she explodes and she shoots the gun 
and she shoots it at the person who speaks last. When you really, when you really dissect that moment, I feel like it could have easily just as been her shooting Vi and killing her sister. But it's not Vi who speaks. The thing that snaps her out of being overwhelmed is Silco tries to say something to her. And I don't even remember what he says, but he says something and it snaps her out of it and she shoots the gun. And the next thing we see as the viewers is the gun shooting, the chair full of holes, and we get the crow flying away outside. And when we dart back inside, you know, we see the smoke clear from the gun and we see Silco turn around and he's got all the bullet holes in him where he's been shot. And that's the reveal. And it's dramatically done so well because it happens so fast. You know, even in watching it the first time, there is that moment where you're like, what just happened? Because it happens so fast that when he turns his chair around and you understand what happens, it's this, oh no, oh no. Because you know, you know that's not a good thing for Jinx. Even as much as you might hate Silco or will have a certain way about him, you know the relationship that he has with Jinx up until this point. And the fact that she just kills him, that's not a good thing. That is not a good thing. And then the cherry on top are his last words to her. You're perfect. I would have never given you up to them. And it's so heartbreaking when you see her walk back over to the chair and she makes the choice herself. She is Jinx. And I love what she says to Vi when I'm, and I'm paraphrasing because I don't remember the exact line, but she's like, you know, I've changed, you're, you know, we've both changed, and I really just hoped that you could accept me for who I am today. But, you know, I think she says something on the lines too that, but I guess that's not possible or whatnot. That's when she stands up and she grabs the ball off the table and sticks it in the gun, goes out and shoots the gun, you know, and and even what's even greater from a cinematic and from a filmmaking point of view, what I love is they don't start the music until you see her stick her gun on the chair and move it back so that she can sit into it. That's when the music starts. They allow this silence to just keep in the shot. You know, from her saying goodbye to Silco and her walking back over, they just let you sit with the implications of what just took place. And then she walks back so back over and she sits down and the music starts. And that's when she says those final lines to Vi before the episode ends. And it's beautifully orchestrated. Like... I'm kind of getting choked up just talking about it because it I never would have expected this kind of an emotional end based on where the show started. Um, I had no idea where the show was going to go. I especially didn't expect the time jump after episode 3. But this really is, I think, 
if not my number one, my number two favorite show of 2021. Like, the more that I'm delving into the story, the more that I rewatch certain scenes, the more I pick up on and the more that I fall in love with the world that is being built here. And, you know, I haven't done any research on the show um, or anything as far as its connection to the game. But one of the reactions that I watch, and I'll end on this, because I, I, this would, if this is their end game, this is brilliant. Because, you know, a lot of people have been wondering, well, it's called Arcane League of Legends, so what is, what is the connection to the game, right? I saw somebody say this, and I thought this was a fascinating idea. And I don't know if there's anything online that says as much or not but here's the idea is we know that in the game it's like a war you know um, y- your team is is beamed into this area you know and there's lanes and you have to get to the other side and defeat the other team you know so is the game the war? You know, is the game the war? Because this whole thing, you know, at the end of the show, in the finale, we know war is coming. You know? And we know that not only is there war between the upper city and the lower city, but we are made aware of threats outside of where the show takes place as well. So, by the end of Arcane Season 2, or maybe the series as a whole, I mean, I don't know how many series they're going to... I don't know. Again, I don't know the end game. There could be 10 seasons of Arcane. I don't know. But the the idea is, are we seeing... Is Arcane the lead-up to the game? Because we know there's a war. You know? Especially with how Season 1 ends. The, the irony of the, the ending of this show and the, the, the heartbreaking thing is Jace literally got the entire council to vote for peace. And they were probably going to... Silco was going to get everything that he wanted. He was going to get his city of Zaun. He was, he was going to get his independence. There was going to be peace. And the irony is that Jinx shoots, like, Soko dies, and she shoots the gun, and that one shot, one shot, is going to spark war. All-out war. And that's why I feel like I feel pretty confident in saying, I don't know if a lot of people are getting the undertone to this show. You know, because not only now, obviously, for me, I was more sad at the implications for what that means as Jinx, for Jinx, the person, and her relationship with her sister. But 
you can't ignore the greater implications of what it means that Jinx took that shot. And it's going to be fascinating to not just see what happens with her as a character, but also her on the grand scheme of things, you know? Like, by the time this show is over, I wonder if Jinx will be taken out. You know, I wonder if she is able to be redeemed at all, you know? And that that kind of makes me sad just thinking about it, you know? Because it's hard not to think of Jinx and not to think of Powder. You know, that little girl there in the fire who all she wanted to do was be part of the team. She didn't want to be left alone. And she ends up blowing everybody up and killing the people that she cared about most. She almost killed her sister. And she is just left there. She is this torn, broken little girl. And she is tormented. Absolutely tormented. And it's like, all you want for her is to have that connection and to have that family and to come into her own and to find confidence within herself. And ironically, the thing that, at least for now, and I'm making a huge, I'm making a huge, like, I'm just guessing here. This is just speculation. But based on what we have, which is only nine episodes, based on the nine episodes, by the time we get to the end, I feel like what the show is really saying as well is the thing that made her choose. Because, you know, through the entire show, we see her wrestling with herself on trusting Vi or not. And... The, whether to listen to the voices in her head or not. Like, she's this incredibly broken human being. But the thing that settles those voices is her killing Silco. And in that moment, she makes the choice. You know? She makes the choice. She is Jinx. And that is the thing that settles the voices in her head. And that is... Honestly, it's a little heartbreaking, but it's fascinating. And I can't wait to see what they do with her as a character. Because, look, I do think you can walk her back. And I do think that I don't think she'll be the powder that we knew when she was a little girl. She's still going to be Jinx. But I do think that you can walk her back a little bit. Maybe not as far as a lot of us would like, you know. I don't think she'll ever be the hero, you know. But I do see a situation where she could be an anti-hero, be like a Punisher or, or, you know, like a ghostwriter, you know, or something. But I don't think she'll ever be, you know, like a, a you know, a, a Black Widow or a Wonder Woman or anything like that. I feel like she's gone too far to the dark side for that, but... I do feel like she could walk herself back if the right things happen for her. 
And I think a lot of that is going to be dependent on Vi and how Vi responds after this. Like, you know, I watched the announcement video for Arcane Season 2, and there's a handful of voice uh, voice clips. And I couldn't tell whether they were... And I couldn't tell whether they were new voice clips or things from the show. Um, but... You know, there is a there is a clip of Vi saying that she has to go after her sister. And so that's fascinating to me. You know, Vi is still not giving up on Jinx. And I just, yeah, I just... I could talk about this show for ages. Again, it's like Game of Thrones for me. I am fascinated by this. Uh, so thanks for listening. Uh, I hope... Those of you that stuck around and listen got something out of this, um, but I guess I will end on this too, you know, to to to, all, to bring it into real life, um, you know, a little bit. Um, I, you know, I'm already going to say goodbye. If you don't want to listen to this next bit, feel free to click off. But uh, I'm going to say what I'm going to say, and then I'm just going to end the episode. Um, but I feel like something that this show sparks a conversation for is the idea of trauma and how we deal with things in our lives and based in and the idea of like you know don't don't judge a book by its cover because you never know what somebody you know has been through and why you know everybody reacts to different things differently in their life you know and when you're in a broken place like powder was especially when you're a child but even when you're an adult you get to a place like this too if it's if it's bad enough trauma but especially as a kid when you are in that broken of a place you will reach out for whatever connection will come which is why i don't even i don't think silco had to work that hard to prove to powder that he really did love her and that he really did care about her and, and want to protect her and, and you know I like I think we're supposed to think as the audience because of the way that well I say filmed but really animated but by the way the show is animated when he comes and gets her we're seeing it from Vice perspective so naturally it's filmed in a very ominous we're supposed to be like ooh fuck that guy you know but once we continue the show and we get to the end and we realize that no, Soko really does care about Jinx, like that completely recontextualizes everything and it really makes me wonder whether we'll get any flashbacks and things because you know because we do have that flash in time from episode 3 to episode 4 and I wonder if we'll get to see Jinx growing up under Silco at all, or if we won't get any more with him. But I think that's something that we all need to remember is you never know what somebody has been through and the trauma that, they've, they, that they have behind them. And to not judge too quickly and to be willing to give second and third chances. And you don't have to roll somebody out you know and all of those kinds of things you know it's like 
it's like the very simple saying goes, you know, love people, man, because we're all broken. We're all just trying to do the best we can. And that's why I think shows like Arcane and Game of Thrones are needed because it's hard to look in the mirror sometimes. It's hard to look in the mirror at ourselves and to recognize certain things that maybe we just want to forget. But what is easy to do, though, is to watch shows and to watch movies and and to break our psyche in that way. It's it's It still is hard, depending on what it is for some of us people. Like, if you're somebody that has abuse in your past, I imagine watching certain movies and shows that deal with abuse is probably never going to be easy for you, but you are able to come to terms easier, you know, through a work of fiction than per se, maybe going to a therapist, you know, or, or opening up that way. And so I feel like the beautiful thing about entertainment is it can be a real catharsis for people. And I know it has been for me in my life. So love people don't judge too harshly and let's all try to keep making the world a better place sometimes it feels like it'll never happen but it's never a bad thing to keep trying so go watch arcane if for some reason you've listened to this and you haven't seen it peace out guys